Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Monday the 5th of July. My name is Ben. We're back. We're doing a podcast. Andrew's on the line. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm good as well. It's It's been a long time. I, I, we, didn't, we didn't intend for... This is like an unintentional break, isn't it? I mean, you went on holiday um, for, yeah. for a week, not for a whole month, I should stress. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think we just got distracted by the Euros, really, didn't we? And uh... that's it. I mean, this is this always happens to me when there's a tournament. Sheffield United, like, obviously keeping contact and stuff, but it's sort of like in the background a little bit. I remember when we sold Brooks. I think it must have been 2018 World Cup, and I think if we'd have sold Brooks in a in a normal pre-season with no tournament, I'd have been like, going, "What's going on with Brooks?" But it was sort of in the background because England were doing well, if you know what I mean. Hmm. I think the same sort of happened here to me a little bit. I, I'm following United, but I'm a little bit out of the loop compared to what I normally am. Well, there's not been too much happening in the previous few weeks, we should say. Um, and then things have like uh, t- things have now started to happen, which obviously mm. coincides with uh, Jukanovic starting as Blades manager on uh, yep. July 1st, I think, wasn't it? It's- yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Sorry, I've, I've completely lost track of what day it is. This is. I'm going to be really out of practice in this podcast. I think so. <laughs> I'll apologise to you and the listeners in advance for me being a bit all over the place. We are going to talk United first of all, and then we're going to talk about the Euros and England as well in the second half of the podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk the Blades. Uh, Slav starts. That's exciting. The fixtures are out. There yeah. are some. Transfer rumours mainly outgoing in discussion at the moment, um, but let's let's start with uh, the the one sort of thought exercise I set you, I suppose. Yukanovic's um, first day with the Blades, now into his first full week. What do you see as his three highest priority tasks now that he's taken over? What are the things you, as a fan, would most like to see get sorted, and ideally? pretty quickly and I've got a few as well I imagine there'll be some crossover but uh, why don't you you lead us off with some discussion for me I think the midfield needs sorting in terms of play. I, that midfield's not good enough I don't think to go up and it's weak in terms of uh, numbers as well I think that's the main area I think on paper as it stands the defence is alright really for championship level I think I think um, we might need another defender in because obviously we'll talk about O'Connell later but you know it looks like O'Connell's not going to be involved in the early stages of the season we've got a thousand attackers with, <laughs> you know and a, a really good goal ratio at championship level Sharp, McGoldrick um, Brewster and McBurney have all proven in that so I'm not too concerned with that at the moment I, that midfield just needs sorting out for me I think in terms of numbers and in terms of quality as well yeah, that's that's the first item on my list as well, um, which probably, uh, I imagine anyone listening probably thinks he uh, probably had the same thought as well. I, I See, I could see the case. Fleck and Noel would have been brilliant for us, and uh, yeah. we, have, we just haven't seen enough of Berger. Um, but if he does stick around, then I think on paper that is a good midfield three. But the thing is, you, you can't risk going into a season with those three as your penciled in no. starters, I don't think, just because of... Well, for starters, Berger may still leave, despite you know the noises saying we want to keep him. Fleck and Norwood have just come off two very physically unimpressive seasons. They're obviously 
uh, reaching the tail end of their career. They're, they're not in it yet by any means, I wouldn't imagine. They're only, um, Nord's only 29, I think, and Fleck is yeah, possibly yeah. about to turn 30, but, you know, similar kind of age, stage of their career as well. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I, I think it's going to be a huge mistake if we're not signing a, at least one starting calibre midfielder in the uh, in the next month or so. Um, that's just a huge risk. I know there's a... There's a big drop down from Premier League to Championship, and uh, you know I, I've said like I think that will cure quite a lot of ills that we saw in this squad last season. But that's going to be a huge risk, surely, unless we're properly addressing that. And yeah, the numbers are also pretty thin now, aren't they? Unless you, yeah, yeah. you know, unless you're expecting uh, someone like Zach Brunt, for example, to take a a massive step forward. I mean, he's you know he's, he's barely played league football, I think, at this stage. I think he was go to like did he play for like Buxton or someone on loan a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, no league uh, yeah. experience, as I saw. Mm. So yeah, that's uh, that's for me is like the the highest priority area to get sorted for sure. Um, yeah. You you've touched on my other ones kind of already, really, and we can talk O'Connell here. I mm. want to know what central defence looks like. I think whether we're playing I've got this myself. Although I've said about defenders, I have got that left hand side. If we are going to play with a three, which we, we might do, I, that's my second one as well, actually. Yeah, well, this kind of dovetails then, I think, because yeah. yeah, what what does that central defence look like? Is it going to be a three or a two? And I think there's questions, uh, whichever approach we take there. I mean, out wide, if we if we're playing a back three or a back four, then I think we're absolutely well set at full back or wing back, aren't yeah. we? You know, on the right yeah, and completely. on the left, there's there's multiple players that could start in those two slots on either side. Yeah, but, but in the middle, if we're playing a back four, then obviously you pencil Egan in. That's that's like just you know that's one position sorted. And it's one of the people come on to rumours obviously later, but it's one of the people we've not heard any rumours so far, have we? Mm, um, that's quite notable Egan. actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's just mention O'Connell here. Actually, yeah, it was sort of. Uh, Yukanovic was asked about him in an interview yesterday, I think, or a couple of days ago, and um, said that he's he's not ready to be involved in preseason, O'Connell, and that is that's a major bummer in it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really really upset. Actually, not upset in terms of like crying, but it, it, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to predict what's going to happen. It's not fair with him uh, or anyone else. No one knows. But it's that's that's over a year in over a season of injury. I think for any yeah. player, no matter what it is, that's that's difficult. That. You know, we saw. It reminds me of Steve Cabber mm-hmm. when he were out for a season, and then he came back and he broke his leg again, and he he was never quite the same player. It's a massive ask for someone to bounce back of after that long of an injury. He's definitely got the mentality, yeah, I reckon, because we've seen on the videos and the pictures and stuff that he's he's doing everything he can by the looks of it. I don't think his sort of um, mentality or anything like that can be questioned. But yeah, massive sort of. I think it came out like I think we'd just beat Germany or whatever England now quite high and then they're like oh that's really like proper sucked the life out of me a little bit like. <laughs> crashing back down to earth yeah, yeah it, it doesn't sound like any uh, you know setback or anything there's been no talk about that it's just yeah I think uh, you kind of said something like um, you know the medical staff have basically just advised that he's not ready yet not ready to be involved in pre-season so on that basis, he's he's still a good way away from first team football, O'Connell, which is is a real shame. I was, you know, not only from the perspective of like I'm really looking forward to seeing him in our team again because I I think he's a great player and I always I've always enjoyed yeah. watching him play for us. But yeah, that's that suddenly creates other problems because if he was good to go like day one, then you would think Egan O'Connell that's that's potentially the core of a back four there if that's how yeah. we're going to play. 
yeah. But, but now I've no idea. I mean, I, I would have worries about Basham playing in a back four. Like we've, you know, we've not seen that be successful um, at any stage. I don't think it was only really when we switched to a back three that he became this great player that he is now. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the skills that he's developed over the last couple of years would allow him to play like that. But yeah, possibly his experience as well. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'd be the same as you. I'd be wary if we're going to go into the season with a back four and it's Egan and Basham. Yeah, and if it's a three, then uh, then what? Is it Jack Robinson? Is he our starting championship? But there's Norrington Davis. Everyone keeps like obviously. I, I've not seen enough of him. I can only go on what. I've got on the loan views and stuff for Norton Davis. I, I've got a horrible feeling people are expecting Norton Davis to come in and just basically be Jack O'Connell, <laughs> you know, firing all cylinders straight away. I think he's had a good spell at Stoke by what their fans are saying, but I don't think he's necessarily the finished article. He's still young, obviously. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't. I, I just hope that we don't have expectations because I think everyone's just sort of every team that I see, you know, for next season, he's in every one. And I imagine most people, like myself, have not seen enough of him to make that judgment to put him straight in the team. So, but yeah, I mean, he's someone you know to to have around certainly and and give us. But it's, I mean, Keen Bryan today, obviously, with uh, apparently Yakanovic uh, said that. Uh, what did he say? Um, this guy. This guy, yeah, because I don't know if this guy's staying or going. <laughs> but he needs to sort it out, basically. I don't know what's happening with Keen Bryan. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not too bothered. He moves on to. I think Robinson's probably a little bit better than him yeah uh, but I, I think you're right I think if if we want to at any time go to a back four we need another centre half yeah and again it needs to be a starting calibre centre half doesn't it so these are yeah. you know we, we've kind of got we've got our cover haven't we we've got um, you know Norrington Davis probably could do a job as as backup in that position mm. uh, you know we've seen Ender do it with I don't know mixed results is maybe that's too generous in the Premier League but yeah, it, it was. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. There. It, was, it was decent in the championship when he played at that left hand side. Obviously, for, yeah. again though, he, I, I don't. I don't like the idea of him in a two. You know, I think just a, a, a steady sort of centre half will be good enough with Egan. To be honest, yeah. in the championship. I don't. I've said before. I don't think the championship this time around is going to be anything like the quality last time we were in it. Um, personally, from what I've seen, a uh, lot of clubs obviously struggling as well with the pandemic. Mm. I don't think it's going to take. I don't. I'm not expecting a. Five million centre half again, or whatever Egan cost. You know, just someone capable, basically championship level. I think we need as a centre half. Yeah, I'm certainly when I'm you know rattling off these uh, high priority things. I'm, I don't mean this to come across like uh, you know the world's ending, you know doom and gloom. Yeah. This is this just. I think these are the things that the club need to sort out, and I'm sure that they will be working very hard to that effect. So, uh, yeah, it's not intended to look impatient. Still, I've missed out Regan Slater, who seems to be staying. Uh, mm. All the noise is coming out, at least. So maybe he's another option. Again, last time I got a view from the whole fans weren't too impressed with him, and then I think he, he uh, had a really good end to the season, the final 10 games or whatever. I think he played every one. Yeah. And, um, yeah, made a good show. So, um, you know, he, he may be another option in midfield. Yeah. But, yes, uh, it is sad to hear that about O'Connell. I mean... Yeah, hopefully he won't be too far away. Um, but yeah, certainly further away than I was hoping he would be at this stage. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. himself as well. Um, what what else is on your uh, to-do list? I just think there's going to be a lot of deadwood. But I think in the Premier League, your 25-man squad, we, I, I, I don't think you need as many left-wing backs as we've got. I don't think you need as many strikers as we've got. I don't think we can carry as a championship team McGoldrick, Sharp, 
McBurney, Brewster, Burke and Moose. I think that's just ridiculous, to be honest. Six strikers who have all been at the Premier League level or or I think all of them are at least championship level for for the majority of the career. I think we need to try and offload. For me, it would be Moose and Burke. If we're going to get rid of two, you know they're they're the two I'd, I'd try and ship out. And like I say, on the other side, you've got Max Lowe, Ben Osborne, Ender Stevens, and now Norrit and Davis. If we can, I think that could. I'm not expecting them to free up loads of wages or anything, but it just seems silly having them around. I think I, I can't see why we'd need that many players. But I think when we went up in the championship, we had a core of about 18, maybe. Maybe even less. Yeah, probably even less, to be honest, if you're going... Yeah, and then we probably brought a couple of loans in in January. I'd like to see a ship some of this, what I class as Deadwood out. Yeah, I've, I've just written down too many strikers, basically, yeah, as, a, yeah. as, as, as a situation to be resolved. I mean, you didn't mention... Uh, uh, oh, he's not a senior player, but, you know, Jebison, oh, obviously. Jebison. Yeah, cool. Sorry, I've not even... Wrote, yeah, I've not written him down. I completely forgot about him, actually. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, so you know, do we? Those other six strikers are potentially blocking a route to stay in the first team for him. I think I was looking at contracts earlier, um, as in United's uh, expiring in the next twelve months, and uh, Moussa is on there, um, which I actually thought he had another year, but this was on. Um, yeah, uh, it was on transfer market. Um, I mean, but not now. I mean, for, for all the noises you kind of is making, he's not going to accept any nonsense as um, from people coming back. Um, in a bad state or not training enough. Yeah. So maybe even after the Wilder, I'm not sure. We'll have to see, obviously. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of... I don't know. I was thinking I'm probably okay with Musso staying around for one, you know, knowing that we've got that end point of one year and mm. yeah, you know, yeah, it's I almost like that. prove you deserve a new contract at, if not with us, then at, at any kind of level, to be honest. I mean, yeah. you know, imagine if he... Uh, imagine if he has a similar season to last season, where he barely plays. I mean, God knows mm. where his where does his career go from there. But, I mean, full enough. When I was watching the England match on Saturday, we were talking to a Wednesday fan, and we were talking about this sort of thing, really, about United next season. And I said, "Oh, you know, we'll probably hopefully offload someone like Moose or something like that." And he was like, "I'm sure you were one of your best players when you first went on." Because yeah, yeah, he, he was. But you know, he, I said it like he's not completed in ninety minutes. He, he was quite stunned by that. Yeah. I suppose, yeah, one thing we have to remember with the strikers is, uh, what, Sharp is 35, McGoldrick's 33, 34, so we're going to lose those two at some point, whether we want to or not. So, uh, by some point, I mean in the next couple of years. So, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a, we have too many strikers right now, but in the not too distant future, nature will dictate that we no longer have too many strikers. Yeah, and I prefer to keep all the Jefferson because of what we've seen of him so far, and he's his own player, and we can develop him, and he's obviously grown up with the academy and stuff like that. And I, and I prefer to see him, I think, above someone like. I mean, I, I'm, I suppose I'm writing Oli Burkoff, but I think his main attribute for us last season, the thinking behind him coming in, was to hit people on the break like Moussa did when he were on fire. I don't know if we're going to get that chance in this league. I think we're going to dominate a lot of possession. I don't really know where Berg fits into that. Yeah, that's uh, going to be something something to see for sure. You, is there anything else on your list? Have you, you hit everything there? Yeah, that's pretty much. I just said like a, a confidence. I think is is really important. Obviously, we got relegated in a, in a better way than we thought in the end. Yeah. Um, obviously, more points than Norwich. But you sent me the Athletic article uh, today about United, and they mentioned Huddersfield and. How they just basically went into obscurity, didn't they, when they came down? And I think it's really important that we don't have to get off to an amazing start or anything like that, but just to keep that optimism levels around. Yeah. Talking of amazing starts, fixture list comes out, and Mm. uh, shortly after, 
the opening game of the season gets moved to eight o'clock on a Saturday, and I think ordinarily I might have been a bit grumpy about that. <laughs> I was rubbing my hands. I was like, can you imagine? Yeah, I saw loads of people complaining. I'm like, what are you want about us all day drinking? <laughs> I just thought that could be one hell of a celebration. I mean, can you imagine that? Like an 8 p.m. Saturday kickoff, first time, hopefully, with the first like, proper game with COVID restrictions lifted. Yeah, you know, yeah. Potential, I don't know if it'd be a full house, but a, a, a decent, well-lubricated, boisterous <laughs> crowd at Bramall yeah. Lane. Sign well, me we've up. seen, obviously, I mean, that just on the crowd, we'll come on to England, but it's like watching a different sport. I really mm. do think that this Euros, for me, and we'll come on to the Euros in itself, less about the matches. The, the matches have been good, but the, how much of a difference the fans make is unbelievable, even in even if there's only 20,000 in the stadium or whatever it's been in, in certain games. Yeah, completely agree. But, uh, yeah, Birmingham at home as a, as a first game of the season. Any Any thoughts on that? Easy, easy. <laughs> uh, now, I think it's a, it's a nice start, I think. that I think they're one of the weaker sides last season, weren't they? I know Bowyer sort of turned them around a little bit. Um, it's a difficult start because obviously we've got Swansea yeah, and West Brom coming up after that. Both the way. It's weird because after two seasons of the Premier League where you're looking at Man United, City, and you're basically writing off entire blocks a month, aren't you? Mm, yeah. <laughs> they're like, no points there. There's no, realistically, there's no one that we should fear in terms of oh, we've got no chance in that game. I'm not saying we're going to walk the league or anything, but I'm really excited, actually. And I think that that first game, yeah, I think it's a nice start, that, to be honest. I mean, it could backfire, but I think it's a it's just home game for a start, which is really good. Mm. As you said, under the lights, fans back, a fairly poor side based on last season. Bring it on. Yeah, I know. Can't wait. Well, I did see United did tweet or something like... Uh... Five weeks to go until the opening of the game, and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah. that's too soon." It's it just me. I was like, "God, oh, I need more time." I'm not strange. I'm not... I was listening to Talk Sport this morning, actually, and they were talking about no transfer rooms. And I think, well, obviously, because it's only it's only five weeks away. I'm like, "What? <laughs> You're having a laugh?" Is I was, it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose Championship starts before Premier League, doesn't it? But yeah, I think yeah, the Championship still... window is open later as well, isn't it? So, oh, do you know what? I'm I've been so hoity-toity Premier League the last couple yeah. of seasons. I've no Snobby idea what's Premier going on. Premier League fan now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, just uh, quickly on some transfer things. You mentioned, uh, yeah, Keen Bryan's contract remains unsigned. Like you, I'm, uh, uh, I think I said ambivalent at best about whether he stays when we did our player ratings for him. Like, fine. If, you know, if we've offered him uh, team-friendly numbers in terms of a contract and he's all right with that you know presumably also with an understanding that he will just carry on being a backup and he won't be a a starter for us then you know win a winner if everybody's happy with it but if he wants to go and start somewhere else then good luck to him basically I I don't have any uh, any negative feelings on that either um the two major players that keep I mean the 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 keep game rumored this is Berger this is going to swirl for right uh, until he either gets sold or until the um uh, the transfer window shuts basically, but it doesn't seem like anything too concrete is happening on that one right now, which is nice. You know, we we sort of put a marker down with um, mm. uh, what's it called the, the the relegation release clause, and yeah. uh, that seems to have just quietened down from there basically, which is nice. Well, you know? I say we just talked about the midfield, and I've not even thought about him because I'm still in my head he's going to go. Mm. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, the noise is coming out. Again, they're really good. I think we will lose one of these big players, Ramsdale Berger or anything, because I think that's what happens when you go down. I don't think it necessarily has to be a disaster. As long as the the majority of the money is reinvested in in other places, I think I'd rather lose Berger than Ramsdale, personally. I don't know about you. 
Mm, only if the money's right. Ramsdale is, of course, the other player I wanted to bring up. So, yeah, there's rumours of oh, is it we set like a forty million valuation on him or something like that. That's what the rumour yeah. is. Sell or sell or reject if somebody offered you forty million for Ramsdale. Oh, that's tough. I'd, I'd probably sell to be honest. If we could, if we could reinvest even thirty million of that, that's it's basically a championship team, isn't it? <laughs> it's a lot of money for a championship goalkeeper. That yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not. That, I'm not saying that's his level. I'm saying he is currently a goalkeeper in the championship. Yeah, yeah I, I, I. I think it'd be an incredible deal. I think that's what yeah. it, what the most expensive goalkeeper in England, maybe like in terms of English goalkeeper. I don't know how much Pickford went for actually, but, but yeah, it might well be. I think Pickford was like 35 or something. Yeah, yeah. so if we could get that, I mean, like I say, people will be upset. But if you look at that as a, a, a in a purely in a in a in a Business practical, sense. yeah, we'd have we'd have to get another goalkeeper unless Verich steps up to the plate. So I don't think we want uh, Fodringham in there from from what I've seen. Um, so that's obviously maybe a chunk of the budget. But we've done really well with goalkeepers on loans and stuff. And maybe that's something else we could go into um, if he does go. But yeah, I think if we got forty million for him, I think. I won't say to snatch your hand off, but I think it'd be daft not to talk in those circumstances. That seems like a fair deal to me. That amount of yeah. money, it's like that's probably more than we can. More, it, it, it's straying into the the realms of like it doesn't make sense for us to reject that much. Like mm. I, re- I think he's really, really improved last season. I like him loads. He's yeah. Is what is he still in? Twenty two. He's got. Yeah, so oh, much look, career if he's, if he's ahead still of him. Here, I'll be, I'll be delighted. Don't get me wrong. If yeah, the first so. game against Birmingham, he's in our goal. Yeah, but if we're talking forty million, you can and you think s- about the bigger picture of where we can invest and what we need, yep. that you could can. get us, you know, a couple of decent midfielders and a centre half, and you know, and, and a get a goalie on loan, and we're set, aren't we? Really, you can get a competent championship keeper for a lot less than forty million, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, like like you, I hope that uh, Arsenal bugger off and Ramsdale is uh, <laughs> Ramsdale's in net for uh, for the Blades against Birmingham City and for the foreseeable future as well. Yeah. Um, I think two final things: Big John Lundstrom's just signed for Rangers. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> Open top boss coming our way. <laughs> now I think um, it's a good. I think it's a good move from in that um, they're obviously a really big club, Rangers. Um, obviously not the most competitive league. I'll be surprised if he's on as much money at Rangers as we offered him. Hmm. I mean, I don't because know. I, don't I don't know how much money's flying around in Scottish football, but I imagine it's not as much as a, 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 a you know a lower end Premier League club. Well, they'll be in the Champions League next season, right? That, that, that is true, yeah. I mean, obviously, you have to go through the qualifying stages first because yeah. obviously it's seen as the, the Farmers League, however. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you have to go through the, the qualifying stages. But yeah, he could be playing Champions League football. I'm glad he's not playing against us because yeah. he's got awful stick, and we all know how that ends. So. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, maybe I'm just a, a big softie at heart, but I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. Like, he's, you no. know, I know he, he certainly didn't cover himself in glory in the second half of the season, but. We put him in an odd situation. He shouldn't have been in our team that much, to be honest. No, like, I mean, what, what I would uh, see on Sky Sports today, like all the comments and Rangers fans saying, oh, he was one of their best players. And it's like, I, I never saw it like that. I think he had a good three months. And it shouldn't be this big of a thing. He's just yeah. a, a pretty average player for us who's happened to see out his contract. He, was, he, had, he had a really good three months. Other than that, He's just, yeah, he's not going to go down as a, a legend or anything like that. He's just, <laughs> just like a squad player for the majority of his time here. Yeah, Lunny legend. I think that's a great move for him, to be honest. I thought uh, I thought mm. he'd probably be looking at championship at best. 
And uh, you can obviously debate the relative quality of the SPL against the Championship. Yeah. But as I said, Rangers will be playing in the Champions League, at least the uh, qualifying round. So, yeah, yeah. So that's a good move for him. So, I don't know. I, d- I don't know if you can look back and say this situation worked out well for me in the end, the way it's been handled and what have you. But, yeah, it's, it's, it is finally resolved for all parties, which is the main thing I was bothered about, I guess. And like I say, he's not in our league, so we shouldn't really hear much from him. Like, and yeah. he's not going to come back to haunt us. I think if, like, if it's he'd have joined Fulham yeah. or something like that, you'd be like, oh, no. Because yeah. <laughs> he'd just be a playoff final where he's banging in a winner from 30 yards. So. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe he'll have a bad time of it at Rangers and go on loan to the Championship for the second half of next season to a playoff Absolutely. team. Oh, so let's not... Mm. Let's not count those chickens just yet. Um, <laughs> final bit of Blaze news, a happier news. Well, well it made me happy. Simon, War- Simon Moore's got himself a new club. He's going to be Coventry City's goalkeeper for next season. Coventry City's new model. <laughs> <laughs> next top model of Coventry City. I, I think he's going in as number one. I, I went on the Coventry Good. forum, actually, and he seems like he's, uh, yeah, it seems like he's going to go in as the uh, number one keeper, which is, I think it's a really good move for him. That I thought he'd be Definitely. looking at a... Uh, maybe a backup in the Championship or a start at higher League One. So to get that, if he is start, a fair play to him. Yeah, no, I've done, it made me really happy, actually. You know, just as I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, you know, good for him. He's going to go and, uh, yeah, hopefully start games. And, yeah, it's nice seeing the sort of uh, the the positive messages from all the other United players on social media as well. Yeah. So we talked about more on... Uh, what was that on? I think it was on our player ratings one, weren't we? And, yeah, um... it, I mean, I, I know a couple of people who've sort of either worked at United or dealt with them due to hospitality reasons and stuff. And literally, like everyone I've spoke to, say he's, he was the nicest guy out of a lot of them. You know, was, um, Simon. I think we all got massive respect for him as a for what he did in terms of um, of the League One, but also just being a good. I mean, we talked about. Well, come on to England, I could keep saying, but Southgate, obviously, after the match, we mentioning Ramsdale and Johnson mm. and what they did, what they're doing. And I think more was similar to us in that first Premier League season, just having a someone who's not going to complain and a professional player, knowing he's not going to play, but not kicking up a fuss, basically. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, as a goalkeeper, he's, uh, he's in his prime, really, isn't he, age-wise? Mm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, go and... Uh... Go and enjoy the rest of your career, Simon. So I was, yeah, I was really happy with that one. Uh, right, anything else, Blades, to mention at this point, or do you, should we talk Euros? I uh, yeah, I think we're on to the Euros now. I've been uh, more invested in that for for obvious reasons than United did because obviously there's nothing much going on. So yeah, well, I'm looking forward to uh, discussing this with you. Um, obviously, we've been uh, exchanging many many a message during this whole tournament, but. We're obviously recording this, what are we, two days away from England playing Denmark in a semi-final. Well, I would not have thought that the last time we recorded a podcast, would you? I, um, I, we were all saying it when we were watching the game that, um, I don't know, the, the day, like, this with folks who watched the Denmark-Czech Republic game before we watched the England game, so at someone's house. And um, we're all being, oh, they look a bit good these days. And, and after a while, we're like, Man, if you'd have been offered that, though, come on. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that uh, you, you sent that to me actually. I think before the Ukraine game, because um, yeah. yeah, I was uh, my wife and I were in that conversation as well. So we almost wish the Czech Republic Denmark game came after ours because I would have wanted Czech if I'd known that England were through. I would have wanted to play Czech Republic, and uh, mm. if I knew England were out, I would have wanted Denmark to go through because uh, yeah, I, I guess they've become everyone's sort of second team as uh, as we can talk about. Um, well, let, let me start with this though. Do you want to apologise to Gareth Southgate on air, or are you are you not there yet? Like, Ever. me because no, I do, I do, and um, 
anyone who listened to the other pod that I do, living with Maidley and stuff, I went, went in quite hard on him after that Scotland game, quite emotionally. Uh, so, which is why it's good when we have a, a day break before we record. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I can calm down a bit, but I don't know how you can argue. I think, realistically, no goals conceded, eight goals scored, comfortable in every match, I think. The Scotland game was a poor performance, but I've let him off. I think that what I, I was worried after that Scotland game that that were going to sort of derail everything and, and we were sort of going to be that negative and just scraping out. And as soon as we came to the first good team, we were going to go out like normal. So I think it was a poor performance against Scotland. But in the grand scheme of things, it were a point. It were another clean sheet. And it was a point that ended up winning us the group, which is in turn made us have this route now where everyone's I keep saying oh we're not playing anyone good well that's not our fault <laughs> no you know you can only beat what's in front of you um and I've been really impressed I've really enjoyed it I know it's not been the most swashbuckling style and I've mentioned that myself but massive credit to Southgate two semi-finals in in a row is well it's unheard of literally in, in English football yeah no it is for sure I yeah I, I'm just fully like just there will be no more criticism for me of Gareth Southgate after the last few weeks. Like, I mean, for starters, I felt bad about it because he just seems like a genuinely wonderful human being, and I don't. It really anything. is, and I think we both said that we want we wanted him to do well um, because of him, you know, and, and he's a fantastic ambassador, and that's gone against him in, in some ways. That, yeah. and, and probably myself as well, where you think, well, he's just a nice guy, you know, that's why the FA have got him. What's he done? He's got us to two semi-finals now, and look, if we get knocked out by Denmark, it'd be massively disappointing. But I think we have made progress. I really do think we've made progress from the Roy Hodgson years. Yeah, I think so. And I, just from a so my my criticism or my yeah my my wondering, I guess, was how this team was going to come together. Like what from a tactical yeah. point of view, and I think I think it's. You know, pretty much everything Southgate's done has come off. I mean, yeah, that Scotland game. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to quickly talk you through my, I guess, my feelings game by game with England. So mm. the Croatia game, I thought was a decent performance. Uh, I was you know, fur- just before that, I was furious with the team before that. I think I messaged you saying, yeah. "What's he, Phillips and Rice? What's he doing?" Yeah. Well, I think most of yeah, I, I was the same, and I, I'm, I'm parking that after the Germany game, which was the last point I did that. The Ukraine yeah. game, I was like, fine, whatever. You know, yeah. in fact, I think it was before the Germany game because I remember thinking that I actually understand what we're doing here. I think with it makes sense group. against Germany. I think what we were, yeah. I mean, when he did it against Scotland and the Czech Republic, you're thinking, what is, what's he doing? Why was so negative? But yeah, sorry, carry on anyway. No, it's all right. So, you know, Croatia, I thought was fine. I thought we, you know, we we got in front and then basically just managed the game out pretty, pretty comfortably. Mm. Uh, Scotland was terrible. Like, that was just really awful game to watch. Like, really. It just made me think of uh, the nil-nil draw with Algeria in 2010. You know, I think that was the uh, Rooney getting moaning about the fans booing. Nice him. to see your yeah. home fans boo you. Yeah, that, that was very good. Well done. That was actually Andrew <laughs> and, and not a clip of Wayne Rooney. So that was terrible. But then the Czech Republic, yeah, we you know we played well for like 40 minutes or so. Got the, the first g- half an hour of that game were the best we'd played up until that point, and then it were a bit boring again. But again, job done. You know, they were, yeah. what I said. What I said after that is, I, I sort of started turning after that Czech Republic game because although it was a great performance, I was thinking, this team's struggling to get through here. All right, they had harder groups, but Germany was struggling to beat Hungary. You know, they, they drew 2 2. 
France drew with Hungary. They're, that's Hungary's team we expected to... I don't think they're any better than Czech Republic, for instance. Mm. Um, we saw Spain had to take it to the last game, all right, they hammered Slovakia, but they took it to that last game. A lot of big teams are struggling to get through, and we cruised it, really. Yeah, we did. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I think it, this tournament, I've started to develop, a, I guess, a, an appreciation for the fact that international tournament football is very different to club league football. Yeah. In the... Just do what you need to do to get through. Like it doesn't matter if you don't play well. Obviously, if you play well, you enhance your chances of winning the game. But if you if you're a goal up with half an hour left, and you, you know you think your best chance of winning is just shutting up shop and yeah, I don't think listen to the Football Daily podcast where they had a Russian journalist on, and he said he weren't impressed with England against Ukraine because. Mm. He said the Ukraine centre half went off injured, so all England did were exploit the fact that they were now high. You're like, well, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I know. Like, well, they, because they won't be able to do that against uh, Denmark. It's like, yeah, but I don't think that that's not the tactics forever. It's just yeah, that, exactly. It makes that, sense yeah. to get crosses into a, a vulnerable defence. Yeah, so it's it's do what you need to do to win the game, uh, and you know if you have to change your approach on a game by game basis, which I think we have been doing. Then, mm. then do it. That's the best way to win these games. But yeah, so you get through the groups, and then we play Germany. And like you, I mean, I was so I was thinking after um, I think after the Croatia game, actually, I was on a, I was in really positive spirits about England. Mm. But then I was looking ahead at what was to come, and I was thinking, oh, for God's sake! Like, even if we absolutely romp the group stage, we're still going to have to play France, Germany, or Portugal, yeah, and then we'll lose because yeah. we always lose to them. So it's like great, you know. Even if this group stage goes absolutely swimmingly and we beat everyone three nil. We're just going to lose to the first good team we play anyway. How does, yeah. how does that work? And Wales get to play Denmark or something like that instead. Well, I was furious about that. I thought we're going to go out in the second round and Wales going to get to play Finland. Be... <laughs> they were going to play Finland at one bit, weren't they? Yeah, I was, I was yeah. pretty livid at well, that one. The groups, I mean, obviously, where we were going to play changed. Like yes. We were playing everyone, weren't we, at one point in that final group game. And I really wanted to avoid France because just because of the players they've got. Portugal scared me because I thought they played really well against France, actually, in that 2-2. Little did I know that France were probably not as good as I made out this time around. Mm. Germany were the poorest out of the three, but they absolutely battered Portugal. Yeah, yeah. 4-2, and there could have been more than that, to be fair. So any of them, you're thinking, well, I'm not that confident going into this. Yeah, I think I think that Germany game against Portugal uh, influenced the team selection for England against Germany, didn't it? Yeah. And uh, matching up with their their wing backs and trying to shut that down. And yeah, I just want to spend a few minutes just talking about the Germany game, mate. Because I mean that was historic. I yeah. so my first the first international tournament I can remember was '96. I think I was only really starting to get into football. Maybe a couple of years before that. Yeah, and obviously we didn't qualify for 94, did we? So. That's right, yeah. So on that basis, every single time in in my time being interested in England football team, every single time we've played uh, an elite team, for want of a better word, yeah. in a knockout game, we've lost. Yeah. Germany, Italy, uh, France, I think we've played. Um, yeah, Argentina. Croatia. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if Croatia fall into that yeah, bracket, I mean, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Portugal, uh, Brazil, another one. We yeah. just lose. We always lose. We just <laughs> always lose those games. And we always end up looking, you know, with maybe with a couple of exceptions along out of those, like, 30-odd years. Um, 
you know, there's 25 years, I should say, a, a couple of exceptions of like, oh, we played quite well and we were a bit unlucky there. Like maybe the Argentina 1998 game, like Beckham yeah. got sent off. You don't, you never Portugal know. Portugal 2004, obviously, when it went to pens as well. But yeah, I do yeah. know what you mean. We flat had to deceive. And the 2006 against Portugal, that were the game after um, Portugal had, you know, the battle of, I don't even know what it was called, you know, against Holloman, they were about 50 oh, yeah. minutes off. Yeah. And they had loads of players. Deco was suspended. They had, I think Calvalio was suspended. So, oh, I could be wrong, but they were like three major Portugal players suspended. Hmm. And we still couldn't beat them. And we, we, I don't think, I don't know, Rooney got sent off, but I don't think we even threatened them in the entire 90 minutes. No, it was uh, it was awful for most. Calvalio didn't get, uh, was not suspended, by the way, because it was, uh, it was oh. his his groin that was stamped mm. upon by Wayne Rooney. Um, yeah, you're right. There were a couple of players out there. I can't remember who they were now. And, um, Deco definitely I, was. He got some favourites. Yeah, but no, we were terrible. Um, so this Germany game, I mean, I don't know about you, but I just, uh, I just, I'd written it off almost. I'd like ex- accepted in advance that we were going to lose because we always mm. lose to Germany. Um, you're the same? Yeah, you'd listen to the Quickly Kevin podcast, didn't you? Um, and Josh Widdicombe's at the game, and he, it's at half-time, and he says he goes to the toilet at half-time, and he comes back, he goes, in his head, he's, we've already lost. Yeah. <laughs> because he's, he's already accepted it. He's thinking, like, I'm going to carry on watching the Euros. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because you just that lo- that used to lose him, not just to Germany, but big games in general. Yeah, and it's not... Uh, it, it, it's not like the typical football fan defence mechanism, is it? You know, like, just to... If you just... just be disappointed in advance. You know, pessimism no, is never disappointed. No, this is like if this was Sheffield United against, I don't know, Wednesday. That's obviously a massive game for us. You'd be nervous. You'd be going in at half time. Oh, God, what's going to happen? It could go either way. With England, because we've had, I mean, we, Sheffield United had a beat Wednesday. So we've had that experience of that happening. Yeah. So you can sort of imagine, you can imagine what it's going to be like. We'd never really imagined what it's going to be like. And I don't want to get carried away because people will say, oh, it wasn't a great Germany team and all this sort of stuff. What I'll say about that is, they had Tony Cruz, Gundogan, and Muller in midfield up against Rice, Phillips, and Saka. I think, and and that's not including Kimmich and yeah. uh, Gozans on on the other side. It's not a te- people talk like he's an appalling Germany side. That midfield is fantastic. I'm I'm just going to interject here because I'm not I'm absolutely not having this this like playing down of England's progress of this tournament. Like mm. I get it in 2018, you know, well you didn't beat anyone good, and I think I think Colombia uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm all but... on board with that in 2018. That was a weird run, to be fair. It was. It was. I, I get that. I mean, I also agree that you can only beat what's in front of you and tournaments get funky occasionally. You know, Portugal Portugal at the last Euros, they didn't beat mm. anyone in the group stage. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think they only won... I think they One game won, in 90 minutes, yeah. That's right, and that was against Wales, right? Yeah. They were yeah, rubbish, right. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, do you know what? I actually discovered um, during the course of this tournament that... Many people that I follow on uh, on Twitter who are Blades fans and who follow me are also Wales fans, so I mm. <laughs> I'm gonna tone down. I don't actually <laughs> I don't actually particularly care about Wales in uh, in, in in either direction, to be honest. Although I, I will I will concede that it was uh, it was pretty frustrating in 2016 watching them. You yeah. know, first tournament in God knows how long. Like, oh, this is so enjoyable. We're just gonna Wales have actually got the, the best. The best uh, win percentage um, in Euros history because they've obviously well they might have not now actually this was before this tournament but they've been in one tournament and basically won something like seventy percent of the games. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, well, well done to them. Um, but we're we're having our nice tournament run yeah. this time around. Um, <laughs> what else to talk about? Oh yeah, twenty eighteen. So yeah, you could say the standard opposition is not there. 
and you know England lost to the first good team that time around. But you can't tell me Germany are bad. Like that's just not that's just yeah. not accurate. I mean, if you're going to be like, you know, the only reason they look bad is because they're no longer in the tournament. I mean, they're clearly a good team. They're reaching an end of a managerial cycle, but yeah. A good chunk of that squad will still be around in eighteen months and in two years. I, I totally understand the you know they've had to bring back Muller and um, uh, Hummels, isn't it from from yeah. international well, I think, wilderness? I think defensively they struggle. Like centre half, quite yeah. slow. You know they're, they're on their way out. That and I think they lack a, a really good centre forward as well. Um, obviously the Werner were up front and then uh, Narbury. They're good players though. You know they're not they're not. People were talking as if we'd sort of be. Like the Germany 1970 team, you know, like <laughs> at the back and stuff like that. But they were a decent side, and I think if 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 Germany had beat us, they'd have got to the semi-finals. And I think we'd have all been saying, "Well, yeah, Germany are going to beat Denmark." Yeah, I, I would definitely have looked at that Germany team and, and said, "Well, of course they beat us. They're better than us." Like, yeah. just look at all these players. They're, they're all, and I still think that now there's there's a load of Germany players there that I would quite happily take in the England starting eleven. Like even... As I said, that midfield battle, I was quite confident because I sort of got caught up in the this is not a good Germany side and England have got a chance. And then the teams come out and I was thinking, they've got Gundogan and, and Cruz, like Real Madrid and Manchester City up against Leeds and West Ham at the moment. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as for the rest of our opponents, I mean, Croatia were the World Cup finalists three years ago. I did, you know, I feel... I, I, I know not, I'm not speaking... Uh, I know not everyone felt this way, but... That did frustrate me a bit, the kind of narrative around that, you know, a 1-0 win over Croatia. And we were like, I, I felt a lot of sort of media and, and public were really blasé about it. I was like, hang on, this is the team that was in the World Cup final who beat us on the way to the World Cup final, looked a lot better than us. And I know they're getting older as well. But that's Yeah, still... and there's also a couple of players, like um, the uh, Mandzukic from uh, Wem, and there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head. They are they are definitely a fading team, I think, Croatia, in that sense. I, I think it'll be a couple of years before they start properly challenging again. But they took Spain all the way. They did take Spain all the way, and that's the thing with Czech Republic as well. I mean, they were in the quarterfinal. Yeah, 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 they um, beat Holland, yeah. Yeah, so... You know, I know they. You know, you could say they got a bit lucky with the the red card in that game, for example. But they're not mugs, are they, by any means? And you know, they only only just lost to uh, to Denmark in that quarter final. Scotland, obviously, as I said, was a bit of an aberration. And uh, I think yeah, I put... was mad after that game. I'm not going to rewrite it straight. I, I yeah, was yeah. like, oh, here we go, another rubbish England team, sort of, you know, failing to deliver against because Scotland probably the one of the weakest sides in it, certainly in terms of rankings. And you're thinking, well, if we can't break them down, and this might happen again against. I, I was worried about the Ukraine game. Mm. Well, I kept thinking about Iceland, but more so thinking about Scotland. Thinking, well, if they sit back and defend like Scotland did for that first bit, you know, are we going to do with the same as we did against Scotland? But luckily, we got that early goal, and uh, yeah, then just blew them away in the second half. But I think we're. I don't want to. Uh, uh, actually, I'm going to park this. I don't want to skip ahead talking about Germany just yet. But um, we'll, we'll return to this. But I do think we are progressing as a as a team aren't we yeah we're basically about halfway through the ukraine game to to skip ahead despite what i just said i kind of realized we we're doing what all those great germany teams have done at all these tournaments that we always look at and go oh germans are you know they've got the momentum now they're uh you know they're improving as the tournament goes on they're peaking at the right time and I'm, i'm looking at england doing that thinking this literally never happens to no. england and, it's and obviously they come up in our faces, but and you know we come back and we lost to Denmark and whatever. But the Germany 
connection, um, comparison, should I say, is definitely something that I've thought of more than anything else. They remind me of the German size in the 90s of sort of... I remember when they got to Euro 96. I was really young, but, I, you know, I've looked back and stuff. wasn't a great Germany side. You know, they, yeah. they, they were sort of... They, they were stumbled through a few games. They, they only beat the Czechs in the final 2-1, beat us on penalties. I think they drew with Italy in the group stage. They weren't... You know, they weren't this slight swashbuckling side, but you think, well, yeah, they got to the final because it's Germany. 2002, really poor Germany side, got to the final. <laughs> yeah, that, that was in the same qualifying cycle where we won 5-1 in, uh, in Munich, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly that. And that were a poor... I think Ireland got a point uh, against Germany in that in that World Cup and they got to the final. Yeah. But, uh, do you know, I think if we do lose to Denmark, I don't think that like discredits what, um, what I'm trying to say here, that this is like mm. a really... A new experience of like building up ahead of steam in the tournament and the way mm. that the squad has been managed whether that's by luck or judgment I think has been absolutely magnificent I mean you know we're we're in the semi-final and you've got players like Foden he's played 180 minutes something like that yeah, Sancho's yeah. played 95 I think I think he played a full full night didn't he Grealish is now going to have had like 10 days rest and he's probably only played 100 minutes we've got all these players who are good enough to start, I would say, like, you know, interchangeably good enough. And we've managed their minutes superbly. And you look at a lot of other teams and they are absolutely shattered, which is well, why... Denmark, I will listen to one of their correspondents on uh, Talk Sport today, actually. They were uh, uh, journalists and they were saying that their, their major worry is they look really tired against Czech, Czech Republic because they basically play with the same 11. Yeah. And so it's, I'm, uh, I'm pretty 50-50 on that Denmark game. I th- I've watched... Uh, actually, the only game of theirs I missed was the, the one where Christian Eriksen um, collapsed, and mm. obviously, fortunately, uh, it seems like he is making a, a recovery, which is great news. But yeah, I've watched every other Denmark game with, I guess, that added level of interest, and I've been really impressed with them. I, they've been probably my favourite team to watch in the whole tournament, I think. So I'm fifty-fifty on how that result goes on Wednesday night, but. I think we've given ourselves the best possible chance in a tournament for the first time in forever. I mean, yeah. you know, and it the... has been enjoyable. I think it has been. I think in the early weeks, I said on like the on the mainly probably Liam, I said that I think we're the most boring side in the tournament. Hmm. But as you said, we've grown, and I think I think the Germany first half was a really cagey, pretty dull game. But I don't, I don't think you can criticize. I really, really don't think you can criticize. I can understand why people are thinking, "Well, oh, we're not that good," but. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been bad in most tournaments that I've seen us in, and this one yeah. we've been good. Yes, yeah, that's it. And and boringly good is a lot better than boringly bad, which, as you say, we've, we've sat through a lot. And if you're boring, then you're generally, you know, conserving energy. You're not, you're not uh, showing your full hand of of players. You know, yeah. Like I say, we, with Grealish as an example. Um, He's only played in two games, right? He came on against Scotland and he played, started against Czech Republic. Started against Czech Republic. Uh, oh, sorry, he played against Germany as well, obviously came on. And, uh, he came on against Germany as well, yeah. I think he's only played like... Because he got took off against the uh, Czech Republic. I think he must have played... Only played over 90 minutes, though. Just yeah, over. 100 or so minutes, something like that. And so yeah. he's still an unknown quantity. You know, if we drop him into the Denmark game or even bring him on as a substitute, they're not going to have that much information on how to stop him because... They just won't have had time to to see it in action, and this is what I mean. It's not a guarantee of success for me, but it just feels like everything that could have gone right so far has gone right, and it's it's just put us in a position where, 
Yeah, we've not had this opportunity before us before, I don't think. Like, no, and this is the thing. I think if they do reach the final, that hopefully in years to come is a massive stump, uh, hurdle, mental hurdle mm. that we've overcome because, you know, we've had a couple of semi-finals and stuff. I think this is a fantastic chance to sort of get over. I don't even need. To, I don't even think we need to win it as such. I think getting mm. to that final, obviously, would be a massive excitement if we get there, but. To go that one step further, I think it should lead us on to even better things in the future. Yeah, it's obviously uh, a, lot, a lot's been said about how young the squad is. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't. I wouldn't expect us to beat Spain or Italy in a, in a final if we got there. I don't um, want to lose to Spain. I mean, I mean, I'd rather not lose to Spain. Talk about boring teams, and this is mad with Spain because <laughs> they they all they bore me to death. They, they remind me like a B-Tech version of the good Spain team. <laughs> so it'd be really annoying to lose to them. They remind me of like a sort of, oh, we'll try and be like the Xavi and Iniesta side, but we're not as good. So it's like, well, what's the point of watching you then? <laughs> but, you know, they, they will be difficult. I think Italy and Spain, I think Italy are better than us um, mm-hmm. as a team. They play like a club team, I think, Italy, which is incredible from their, their intensity and stuff. Spain, I'm not sure. They probably do have more quality on the ball and stuff, but I think it'd make a very dull final, actually, that one. Yeah, potentially. So, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, uh, on a on a scale of one to coming home, I'm, I'm not quite at the full coming home status yet, but... No. It's, yeah, I, I just don't think it could have gone better from an England point of view. In this Germany game, I mean, I was really unimpressed. I, I, I got the game plan... Um, and I thought that makes total sense of like that's your your lineup, you change to a back three. Um, but I thought the longer the game went on, I, I thought. I think you just... messaged me saying this is obviously going to be a German win, and I, I'm not throwing you under the bus because I agreed. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how it looked like it was going, not necessarily based on the play, but based on what we've known in the past. It was just an even game which could have gone either way, but we happened to be clinical. Yeah, and I, I, well, I just thought, what are we doing in terms of? Like we're trying to take this to extra time of penalties. Like that's just that's not a good idea against Germany in uh, no, you know no. in in all of history's experience. And yeah, I was getting increasingly frustrated. Of like, I mean, look, I think I think the Sterling goal was our first shot in the half, wasn't it? I, I, I think that's right. Yeah, I, I think, think we only right. had the two shots in the whole half, yeah. and they're obviously the goals. But oh, what a feeling to beat Germany! Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I, I've obviously seen us beat Germany in terms of you know the the five one obviously and the the one nil at Euro two thousand. But when it's really mattered at ninety six and in the the knockout round in twenty ten, where admittedly we were a, a terrible team that season mm. and we got butchered by a much better team, it just doesn't happen like this, does it? When no. it's like winner takes all kind of occasion, and yeah, Sterling's it, it just I don't know it felt. In a weird way, it felt almost bigger than football in terms of like a a bit of a coming out party of the country. Like, you know, yeah, just, yeah, completely. Just... And I think it all sort of ties it. We've seen all the celebrations since, and I, I think I, before the tournament, I think I even said it on air. Like, well, I weren't really that engaged with it all, so I'm a bit of a glory hunter in that sense. But. I think it has got back to those old England days of what I remember as a kid and sort of being nervous before games and then, you know, wondering, well, shall I go to the pub or shall we, you know, shall I watch it? I don't know what to do. Like, and really taking him seriously. Because I had a good 10 years, I think, with England games where I was just sort of, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think it has brought that back, that that uh, that excitement, I think, and, and getting behind them. I think they're a likeable team. Obviously, we've come up against them in the past two seasons, every player in that team pretty much, other than Bellingham, I think, and Sancho. There's nobody there that I mean we've all had to go at Grealish for diving and stuff like that, but I don't. There's no one there that I'd, I'd, 
a dislike. I think in past England teams, there's been players that I've really struggled to get behind. And I don't think there's anyone like that in this one. Yeah, forgetting Tyro Mings, obviously. Of course, yeah, he, he can go, yeah, get him out. <laughs> even, uh, to even... be fair, he played well in those first two games, Tyro Mings. Yeah, I, I, I will say this. Maybe if we're doing a little apology tour here, um, I'll say that Pickford's been excellent. and it remind... phenomenal, other than that weird clearance that he did against Ukraine. Yeah, well, it, it just... It reminds me that he's not... He's never let England down, such would. You know, own goal he's coming better in for England fun. than he is for Everton. I think he's had two yes. really good tournaments in a row now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I've heard, I've heard, I haven't heard, I've read it on uh, on on Twitter, so it's probably not true, that he's in the five penalty takers if he goes to Pens uh, on Wednesday. <laughs> so imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah, scored one in the uh, Nations, which I think... Yeah, so he must have been one of the five takers in the Nations League, right? Yeah, he was. Think... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think it went to sudden death, did it? No. Oh, excellent stuff. Um, Calvin Phillips has been bet. I, I didn't think he was very good in the last two group games, but um, he's been a lot better. In obviously, he's he very has. good against Croatia. Yeah, he's not a player I wanted to see starting in this team, and I was very much in the like. I think Rice were disappointed in the early games, but he's slowly getting into it for me. Who's that? Sorry, uh, Declan Rice. Rice, yeah. I th- yeah, the uh, the Ukraine game, which we can uh, maybe qu- talk about quickly now. Um, that's the by far the best game of football I've seen him play. Like even for yeah. West Ham, because I'm, I still kind of have this thing of like I don't really know what Declan Rice is for. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm just being stupid, which is very possible because obviously lots of people think he's very good at uh, at the yeah. professional level of the game. But I've just never seen him before. But that game was like, yeah, okay, you see yeah, him with Chelsea for eighty million. You're thinking what? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly, but yeah, he was great. And the Ukraine game, I was really confident. Um, not arrogant confident, but just thought I'd watch them play Sweden. That was grueling in the extreme. Yeah. You know, I knew we our game with Germany was quite high tension, but it wasn't particularly you know high stress or anything like that in terms of physical. No, stress. no extra time either, or anything like that. Exactly, and mm-hmm. I, I just thought we were better than Ukraine generally. And uh, I mean, that game couldn't have gone any more perfectly, could it? No, I think uh, the first, obviously scored after a minute, and uh, people are watching with well, like a couple of people are getting a bit sort of oh, we sat back a bit too much because they did have a couple of opportunities in fairness, you trade in that in that first half. But I thought we were quite I was quite happy at half time. I thought I thought we were in control. I thought get it to one 0 at half time in a, in a quarter final of the European Championships or any major tournament. I, I can't ask for more than that. And then obviously by the second half, you know, as soon as that second goal went in, I think they just wanted to go home, didn't they, Ukraine? Yeah, but so satisfying the way... I, I don't know, again, I just felt like we game-planned that perfectly. You know, obviously getting the early goal helps, but then they, they only really changed formation, Ukraine, because one of the centre-halves went off, and that did bring them back into the game yeah. a little bit. But then even in the second half, you yeah. could see they were like... Excuse me, even towards the end of that first half, they were like, no, we're just going to sit off you and leave it at 1-0 and, and we were clearly thinking alright that's fine by us you know we're, we haven't yeah, considered and this a goal I think yet people do get frustrated about like you know I'll read in Twitter a bit at half time and uh, and other various places and people were saying what, go for the kill these are rubbish they're just sitting off you but I do think that and I understand that because we've got a lot of attacking talent but we, I do think we were in complete control personally yeah no I did as well that's, it was the most relaxed I've been watching a meaningful England game ever I think Mm. Um, I mean, I, I was trying to think. I think I have to go back to that five-one before I get to a point where I enjoyed an England game more and was more impressed with the performance. I guess because yeah, the whole team was tremendous. Thought the game plan was brilliant. I mean, we were, and you know, we we 
obviously started Phillips and Rice, who both uh, were a yellow card away from suspension. Maguire as well, so they would have missed the uh, the semi final if they picked up a yellow. Mm-hmm. And not only did that not happen, but you know we were able to take them off with like thirty minutes left. I know Maguire stayed on, but yeah. they obviously decided, well, he's not going to have to do anything, so no big deal. And yeah, that's that was just dreamland. You know, we we got to play like we basically played a fifty minute game in the quarter final. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, our opposition had to push themselves right to the last minute. And again, no guarantee of success, but it helps that we can have a really fresh squad. I think the other thing that I, I kind of I was really um I don't know what the right word is. Grumpy will do in this point. But I, I didn't like the idea of taking Henderson and Maguire if they weren't fit to start. You know, your tournament could um, your tournament could be over after like three games, though, and you're wasting two squad players on that. Yeah. You know, I think we only had three. We only picked three other midfielders, didn't we? Mount Rice and um, uh, and Phillips. But for once, yeah, 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 I would say, I, I, yeah. So we, we've done this loads, haven't we, in recent tournaments where we we're taking an unfit Beckham, an unfit Rooney, an unfit uh, Ledley King to go back a, a little bit further. And hoping that they're all right and and actually relying yeah. on them a little bit. But the great thing about this is we haven't really needed Maguire or Henderson at all. And so no. it's not it's not been a problem no. that they've not been fit. And yeah, I, I think that's just I don't know, I, it just made me really happy thinking that. Thinking Maguire's, you know, it was clearly not fit to start the first few games, but now he's He's pretty pretty fresh, to be honest. I think he's playing really well, Maguire. I think he's he's, he, the yeah. last like three game or whatever it is he's been in. Absolutely, I think he's probably been our best player actually in terms of the games he's played. Yeah, I think Stones has been really good as well. But yeah, yeah, you know, being able to yeah. parachute Maguire in there is great. Uh, Henderson as well. I mean, you know, if he if if uh, Phillips or Rice get injured, then he's probably going to be good to start because he's not had to drag his body through you know, 180 minutes or whatever of the group stage where he's not been fully fit. He's been able to just come in and play a few few minutes here and there. So the management of the squad from Southgate has been... It's just been... This is why I'm so excited, as people can probably tell. It's, I just don't remember this happening with England before. It's I, I, Possibly we've not had this much depth before in terms of, you know, there are like mm. five or six players for most positions where you could say, yeah, they should probably start, to I think the honest. only players we don't have depth I think the only place we don't have depth um, for me is probably centre half and uh, a replacement for Harry Kane. I do think yeah. Calvert Lewin, as he is at the moment, is a massive drop off from Kane, which is not a criticism of Calvert Lewin. Kane's one of the best strikers in the world, but yeah. I do think they're the only two places. That, but in terms of like the wing, the attacking options and stuff, yeah, it's ridiculous how many options we've got. Yeah, indeed. So it's a bit a bit, bit rambly this because uh, I've just been really enjoying England doing well in a tournament for once, but um, which. Uh, mm. Which England players impressed you the most? Would you say like not not uh, not been the best, but the one that's kind of most exceeded your expectations? I've always, I've never rated Sterling as much as other people. My dad hates him. Mm. <laughs> he don't know what he did. <laughs> he thought, well, not hates him. Sorry, he thinks he's a, a really overrated. And I've I've always thought he were overrated. I've always thought that. He looks good in a good city side, but I'm not sure about him. He seems to run down blind alleys and stuff. I think he's, I think in the Ukraine game, he were our best player. I thought he was brilliant, and obviously his instincts uh, to get three goals, you know, in the in the in the three games uh, leading up to to the Ukraine game. Yeah, I was really, really, really impressed with him, um, and I and I think that and Luke Shaw was another one that I think mm. deserves credit as well. Yeah, just on Sterling, I mean. I think he's he's like now a couple of games away from 
an all-time great England tournament performance. Like he's yeah. He's been untouchable in the last two games. I mean, that. I think I text you. It might have not been you, but I think in the Croatia game, he had a bit of a poor time, and I said, it's just not going to work out for him in a tournament uh, still. And this is his third one, and he's always under. Obviously, I jumped the gun hugely stupid from him. But, and then, um, yeah, to turn it around like that and be. I think he looks confident as well, because he's had a poor season at Man City by his standards. Yeah. It's, it's his fourth tournament, isn't it? Because. Uh... Of course, 2014, yeah, the, 16 and 18. The side netting tournament, as I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Where he scored that great goal against Italy. Still don't know why that got disallowed. Yeah. One yeah. day somebody will be able to tell us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, you know, you've got a point there. I mean, and, and some players just did that, didn't they? Just do it and, mm. did, and have done it in the past where they get to the biggest stage and they just can't put it together. I mean, Lewandowski is another one. I don't think he's got a tournament goal before this one, hasn't he? Like, no, yeah, yeah, I think he's playing all right in this tournament, but obviously... Oh, yes, now, yeah, this yeah. tournament he has, but coming into it, I mean, he's, he's yeah, in his thirties yeah. now. Well, I think Rooney, after his, after his initial, when he came in as a 17-year-old, really yeah. put in all the tournaments he played. Yeah, so, you know, Sterling has had that history of, like, it's just not... It just weirdly doesn't happen for him at tournaments, mm. but, I mean, not just the goals. The, the last two games, I mean... Uh, uh, I think against Scotland there was a few times I was like, "Will you please just pass?" I mean, oh, just... there were a bit. Oh, oh, I'm sure everyone knows what I'm on about. I've seen the game, the bit where he runs into a blind alley and yeah. Reece James is free, and you're like, "What? Where are you going?" <laughs> but I think now he's he's either doing it more smartly or teams are playing him a bit more differently because they're actually afraid of him. Um, which there were three you... or four Ukrainian players around, particularly in the first half. Um, and I, I do think we did. We probably didn't exploit that maybe as well as we could have in attacking sense. But we're already one nil up, and we were probably were yeah. playing a bit safer than than we would have. But I, I love. Yeah, I think he's been absolutely incredible. Like I'm, I, I do you know what? I, this is really stupid. I thought this earlier. I was like, I'm kind of sad that this tournament's going to be over in a week. You know, yeah, even, even yeah. if England went on to win it, I'm like, oh, can we not just have a few more games? Of this yeah, is such an I, odd feeling. Yeah, I agree. I've really enjoyed it as a whole. If you're going into the like, what, what you think of the tournament? I think it's been yeah. one of the best yeah. tournaments. I don't know if it's because the, the, I think it's almost made a mockery of last season because the fans mm. being back and the amount of and the the uh, the excitement and how much it's meant to people and stuff. When we've played a season everywhere in the world, pretty much we know fans. Yeah, I think. That as I would, I wasn't worried that I'd fallen out of love with football, but I didn't enjoy last season not just because of United, but because it was just stale. And I think everyone knows that now. And I think never again can we say oh, the fans aren't important um, in terms of making the, the game better. Because for me, it's a better sport. It's a different sport with the fans. Yeah, 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 definitely yeah, a different sport. I, I've loved every single game. I think, and yeah. The, even when there's only been like 10,000 fans there and stuff, but then you've got ones like, uh, I think it was Denmark, Russia, wasn't it, where they won 4 1? Um, and the, you know, crowd, like, you can just see the beer flying into the air in the stands mm-hmm. when they scored their third and fourth goals. are like, oh, this is so much better. And the, know, the fans being the, the, the Switzerland guy with his shirt off and then people, oh, yeah. uh, the Ukrainian, Ukrainian guy crying and stuff like that. And it, the emotion and everything just comes into it. Can you imagine this this tournament played behind closed doors? I think it'd have been awful. Yeah, I don't want to imagine that. Actually, that makes, yeah. that makes me really sad because I've I've just it has been a great tournament. Yeah, mm. you know, from a um, uh, I guess even from like an objective 
uh, quality perspective, you know, right, forget the sort of like the fan, the, the the almost novelty of having fans back. Most of the games have been brilliant, and they they're very often not like you know, particularly uh, you know, particularly when you get to the latter stages of the tournament, it's just like one nils everywhere. I mean, yeah. that that Monday a week ago, the um, the Spain, Croatia, and France, Switzerland, yeah. that might have been the best day of football ever. <laughs> it's yeah, certainly it's fifteen the- goals. Uh, it was 5-3, yeah, so eight and uh, 14 goals. And then and 40, 14 sorry. goals and a penalty shootout. Oh, that's what right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it was incredible. The Rob, the favourite, going out as well. Yeah, indeed. I've I've been fully... It, it, it It's like, from an entertainment perspective, it's like the last 18 months have never happened. And I, I feel just fully back into football because yeah. the, the product on the pitch and in the stands has been tremendous. And... I don't know. I don't know if some of the, you know, the fatigue of the long season and the sort of COVID restrictions and stuff like that are maybe making some of these games more open and you know players being tired and leading to more mistakes and things like that. But it's just been so good to watch. Yeah. I, I've I've absolutely loved it. I've yeah, enjoyed I'm... it more. I were excited before. Don't get me wrong. I bought like a four four two magazine for the first time in about five years just to get the. The uh, the Euro guide and you know what I mean going through the teams I really enjoyed that but I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I have I thought I'd be missing a few games I think I've only missed about two games and one of them was because I was too drunk after the England game uh, I couldn't watch <laughs> I can't watch asleep. moving images it's too yeah. much <laughs> yeah I just fell asleep so yeah so uh, I think it's been uh, arguably the best tournament I've witnessed maybe I, I I really do think it's been that good. I'm gonna have to think about it. France '98. Always has a special place in my yeah. heart, I think. But um, yeah, it's 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 up there. It's been it's been tremendous. And I mean, if <laughs> the only down note is if Spain win it, I think if yeah. Italy win it, they've been tremendous all the way through. Italy, Denmark, England. Yeah, you know, exactly. England because it's us. Denmark because of the story behind it. Italy have been the best side. Just not Spain, come on. Yeah, that'd be a bit of a damn squib with Spain. Yeah. So, so come on, Italy, tomorrow night, just uh, just knock Spain out and, uh, yeah. and away we I go. I can see people say, like, I want, we want Spain to win because Italy are better. I'd rather lose to Italy. If we're going to lose, I'd rather lose to a good side rather than just a plodders, basically. Yeah, weirdly, I think we'd have a better chance against Italy than Spain as well. I, don't, I, can't... I think Italy will come at us, yeah, which could, could play into our hands. Mancini's not the sort of man to sit back, is he? No, I suppose not. Um, a few other footnotes... Uh, it's been nice with the Blades connection, hasn't it? I mean, we, you know, we've had that. I mean, to be honest, we've had that for a while now. With yeah. we had, you know, Jaggy Elker and Cahill were uh, two centre backs in 2014, for example, and you know, obviously 2018, you got Maguire and uh, and Walker as well. But it's yeah, that that I know we, uh, Southgate was talking about all the fringe players when he was name checking them, but. Yeah, yeah, to hear. I mean, actually, since the you know Ramsdale getting called into the England squad, or back into the England squad, that happened after we'd recorded last time. So that yeah, was that's tremendous. True, yeah, you know, yeah. sad, sad for Dean Henderson, obviously, but um, his time will definitely come again. In uh, if we're winning, that's going on his board. I think Sheffield United European Championship winners. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Two thousand twenty-one or whatever they're going to call it. <laughs> How's it? Uh, any emotional reaction when you've seen Ramsdale, like, you know, just, just stood there, you know? With, yeah, with really, I, after the, uh, I think it was Germany game, actually, and he came on the pitch, Southgate, and Ramsdale, and, and I think he turned to Ramsdale, one of the first people, and yeah, that's right. that connection there, and obviously we, we grew up, not grew up, sorry, we've seen Maguire grow up, basically, as a player for ourselves, he's played more games for us still than any other any other club, Kyle Walker, we all know how much of a blade he is. Then Calvert-Lewin's the next one. There's definitely a connection there, I think, for, for Sheffield United fans to 
Because these these aren't players who have left us in like a Lundstrom sort of situation either. They've all mm. sort of left with us our blessing. We've understood why they've left, I think, in the most part. Calvert-Lewin, you could argue, and Ramsdale, when we sold them, you could argue got us promoted from League One. You know, Kyle Walker, you can begrudge him. You know, he's one of the best fullbacks in the world, playing for the best, arguably the best. But no, they didn't win Champions League, did they? But no. yeah, one of the best teams in Europe, at least. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Harry Maguire, who... We well basically built him, didn't we? Yeah, built built slabhead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've loved some of the uh, the reports and stuff about their goal they scored against Ukraine. I think it was uh, Jonathan Liu in the Guardian said like, you know, it's, <laughs> his his head is like the exactly the kind of sort of oversized sporting equipment equipment that should be seen as like a performance enhancement. <laughs> so you one hundred percent of his aerial jewels. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, he he is an aerial duel. Well, I suppose there is there is no duel when it comes to him. He just no. wins it all every single no. time. Yeah, so that's it's, you know just a nice little wrinkle there. I think of like an extra wrinkle of detail. And yeah, the current Blades player Ramsdale being part of this squad as well is nice. Even though uh, it's extremely unlikely we'll actually play a minute, of course, particularly uh, this time at uh, this stage. Rather, I mean, you know, you never know. Someone come oh, on, five nil up, final. You know, get him in. Get yeah, so, well, it's, you know, it's really good. Put Johnson they? on for a minute, and then Ramsdale for a minute. <laughs> how how disrespectful do you think that was that uh, Italy brought on a sub goalkeeper with five minutes to go against Wales, like just just for the hell of it? I think the fact that Wales still had something to play for, and Switzerland could have still caught them, um, possibly, but. I think in the long run it didn't really matter. I don't, I don't, it definitely I, didn't matter, but it was like, what are you doing? This is a bit... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He wanted everyone to get a minute, didn't he, I think? He did, yeah. He must have seen that stat that France, France when they won in 2018, yeah. used like almost their entire squad. It was like, right, let's uh, let's chuck him in. Um, other blades at the squad. Did, I don't think Fleck played a minute, did he? I'm, I wasn't no, glued. he didn't. No, which is not yeah. a surprise, to be fair. No, it's not. Uh, the Welsh contingent... never got a kick, neither. No, he didn't, did he? Um... Ampadu did, although... Stampadu. <laughs> ah, Stampadu, <laughs> God's sake. It was a bit unlucky with that red card, but uh, yeah. yeah. Brooks Brooks didn't play as much as I wanted to, but... Um... I was really... When they were 3-0 down, I think it was, in Denmark, and he made a sub, and he brought Brooks on, but he took... I think he took uh, Kiefer Moore off or Ramsey off. You think, well, you just put everyone up front, you're getting hammered. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, yeah, a bit, not, a, not a great tournament for... for the Welsh blades, unfortunately. Yeah, I was hoping to see more of Norrington Davis, but I mean, I guess it's just not at that level totally yet. No. Um, ITV curse. This like is this. my main worry for Wednesday night. Mm. Oh, God. Why haven't I got these? Oh, I do have these stats, actually. So let me just uh, bring this up. So for anyone who's not sure, I, I've always thought this. For a long time, I thought we always lose on ITV mm. when it's a meaningful match with England. The record is ridiculous, isn't it? So we've, I think this is up to date. On ITV, we've played 25, won five. That's pathetic. On BBC, I think we're now played 24, won 17, including the Ukraine game. So it's about the same amount of games. We've won five, we've won 17. That's games at major tournaments. Of course, Wednesday night is on ITV, the buggers. Oh, God, just... I'm already concerned about that. I'm more concerned about that than I am about Denmark's ability to play football. Does it, it does it bother you at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think it's poorer uh, quality odds, Matt facing Dixon. I've, I've said a few things about him, them two before. Um, but yeah, I do think 
it's, we always seem to lose, don't we? We always seem to lose on our yeah. TV. Well, I just I mean, the Scotland game was on ITV, lest, uh, lest we forget. So it's, yeah, I just always associate them with disappointment at England tournaments. So, uh, Sorry, England disappointments at international tournaments. So I'm concerned, mate. I am concerned that the uh, the great ride comes to an end live on ITV on Wednesday. But yeah. I, I guess we'll see. Um, and I think my final thing, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier when we we're talking about uh, players being fatigued and making mistakes and stuff, but tournament of own goals... <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time you uh, address this because I've seen every time there's a goal, you're getting loads of sticks. So. <laughs> it's bizarre. I, I just so okay. It is fun for anyone who missed it. I at the end of the last one, I gave out my fun bets for uh, Euro 2020, um, and they were all very long shots in the in the realms of like 150 to one, 100 to one, this kind of thing. But one that was slightly shorter odds was uh, 33 to 1 no own goal scored at a tournament of course the very first goal scored at the tournament was an own goal which admittedly is very funny and I did laugh <laughs> since then I've just been getting tweets every time somebody scores an own goal yeah. and yeah. I, just want, I just want to be clear I spent one pound on this bet in the knowledge that that was a pound I was almost certainly not going to see again so uh, anyone else who tweets me next time as an own goal is going to get blocked on Twitter I'm afraid because <laughs> <laughs> it was funny the first time the tenth time whatever it is like all right I, I get it now <laughs> It's just bizarre. I don't understand what... Uh, I, I didn't say there was never going to be an own goal again in the history of football, which uh, appears to be it. I should also say there's been... And not only is there now... What is it? It's, it's like there's more own goals in this tournament than every other Euros put together now, isn't there? Which is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That... yeah. By, by uh, two goals, I think it is as well. Yeah. So obviously there's more games as of 2016 onwards because there's more teams. But yeah, I wonder if there is a bit of that the fatigue, the you know, the long season factor kind of playing into that with this one. Um but yeah, the actual the actual bet I will defend because I think the the four tournaments prices had been like one zero, one and three or something like that. So thirty three to one seemed reasonable odds. My uh the only bet that's still standing for me I think is a goalkeeper to score at any time. So we've got we've got three matches left for a goalkeeper to stick one in the back of the net in uh in normal play, not from a penalty shootout, but uh, yeah, own goals. Eh, I've, um, I look. I, I was almost. I, I think I said if there's an own goal in the Germany game, I'm just going to take turn my phone off and like never log back into Twitter after that one. <laughs> Fortunately, I think, not. like I said before, that I think that uh, I think people think you're going to lose money, don't they? Every time you've uh, every time you every time a goal goes in, you're going to lose more money. So <laughs> yeah. Or that uh, I personally guaranteed there'd be no own goals. Even my bloody dad said it to me the other day. When I, was, I, was I love like, it. Hey, back off. I, I didn't realise I'd... If you can win it, you know what to put on for uh, the Qatar World Cup, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. I think the own goals are now the top scorer in one tournament, aren't they? I think it's uh, Platini was the, uh, the the previous highest scorer in European Championship history. Uh, in, in a single tournament, and they've now superseded yeah, right, that. Yeah, I think Ronaldo's yeah. still the favourite, isn't he? Uh, sorry, it's still top goal scorer. Ronaldo and Sheik in the actual real goals. Yeah, they got five, right? So Kane and uh, Sterling on three each. You never know. Never know. No, indeed. Um, right, I'm going to try and wrap up because uh, we talked for quite a while here. Um, I did uh, my yeah. I think you mentioned him actually, but my England player that's impressed me the most is it's probably Luke Shaw. I think mm. you name checked like particularly the last game and a half. I mean that has to be his best game for England against Ukraine, I think, and then yeah. second half Prime against Germany. David Beckham. 
Yeah, fantastic. Really good against Germany as well in the second half. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, it just, just sort of with him, I would be like, Luke Shaw, really for England? Like, is this is this real? Is this the best we can do at left back? And obviously, we started Trippier there at um, uh, in the first game, didn't we, against Croatia for uh, tactical reasons again? But he's been good. I, I, you know, I don't think Chilwell's a massive step up on him anyway. I didn't have that opinion prior to this tournament but you know it's kind of like you know I think Chilwell is better but it's not a sort of it's going to completely transform the team if Chilwell's playing instead of Shaw but he's been much better than I expected him to be and yeah 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 this stuff going forward is a nice bonus as well yeah it's um him and Sterling sort of uh operating really nicely together so um yeah how are you feeling about the Denmark game then just to finish off Quite nervous, quite nervous. Um, the, I think I'll be nervous on the on the night, to be fair, because they're the best mm. side. I won't say they're the best side we've played. I'll be better than Germany, maybe not. But they're a good team, and they've obviously got this momentum themselves behind them. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think we'll do it, just. What about you? I'm looking forward to it. I, I just... Yeah, I will be disappointed if we lose. Um, but... This is we've we've knocked down some barriers that have like historically held us back in this tournament. You know, winning a tournament game in ninety minutes, beating Germany, full stop. Um, yeah. Scoring, I think that's the first time we've scored three, uh, scored more than three goals in a knockout game at any uh, since the nineteen sixty six World Cup final, when obviously that was in extra time as oh, well. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have, you know, we have smashed through some uh, some ceilings in this one. So I. We'll definitely look back on it with very fond memories, even if we get knocked out in the semi-final. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm excited. I, I think the team's in a great place. I think you can, you could pick so many permutations of the team as well, uh, yeah. particularly in attack. And I'll be like, yep, yeah, let's go. I was really excited I've to see Sancho. I've got a feeling he might bring Saka back in. I think he might say, keep the same team, but I think he might bring Saka back in. He's got a feeling. He's with his pace. Yeah, could be... I think Grealish is going to be used as an impact sub, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, when, yeah. When t- which, again, you know, I, I was very much like, why the hell just start him? Like, we're better when he's on the pitch. But tournament football, you wait for the opposition to get tired because they are going to get tired. And then you chuck this guy on who, you know, gets fouled constantly at the best of times, you know, even when everyone's fully fit and alert. And it's going to cause havoc. So, yeah, I, I just, I think I'm just really optimistic in terms of, I don't feel like we're going into this on a wing and a prayer it's we've the preparation couldn't have gone any better this is such a great chance for us to do ourselves justice i think in this semi-final yeah um and it's obviously at wembley there's 60,000 people there vast majority of whom are going to be english as well obviously due to or supporting english I should say um uh due to the the travel restrictions and stuff so Oh, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm like counting down till uh, till kickoff, even with no expectation that we we are going to win. Because I think I think if anything, the um, you know the story side of Denmark is kind of I think that might have led to a bit of overlooking at the fact they are really good as well. Yeah, like, I, they're playing the really well. They're, you know, they're, they're one of those sort of sides. You don't expect them to get to quarterfinals, aren't you? At least. Yeah, yeah. I can see. Um, I do. Uh, I could see us going. Back to a back three for this one, just because how effective they've been down the wings. I'm not yeah. sure I'd like us to do that, but I could see it happening. And yeah, yeah, if it yeah, does possibly, happen, possibly, yeah, 
If it does happen, then uh, Gareth, you have my blessing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Wilder over those previous few years where we were just like, I'm just not even going to question this team anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah, you've got faith in him. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I completely see that. I think whoever we, the thing is, if we lose, whoever are those attacking midfield because that's the main sort of talking point. Whoever those attacking midfielders or wingers or whatever he plays. If we lose, you'll get hammered for him. Why don't you play Grealish? Why don't you play Saka? Why don't you play Sancho? So, you know, you, whichever way he goes, he's going to get some stick, I think, if we don't win. But, it you might, know, come on. But... I'm really, like, sort of up for it now. You get me quite sort of... I want it to be now. <laughs> I want it to be tonight. <laughs> well, the thing with that, because, yeah, I guess you, you could, in a vacuum, say, uh, you know, say we lose to Denmark and Foden doesn't play. And then mm. maybe, you know, in September next season, we're, Foden's, like, looking like the best player in the Premier League. We went... Can you believe we only played Foden for 180 minutes? But I think yeah. I think ev- about Foden actually. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. But the, but yeah. that's the thing. I feel like every everything we've tried there has worked. So Saka has done well. Sancho starts does well. The minutes that Grealish has spent on the pitch, he's done well. So I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like you know. Just use that Foden example. It doesn't feel like oh, you know, we we wasted putting someone else there instead because they've generally done a really good job. As well, and ultimately, you can't play seven attacking midfielders, even if yeah, yeah, it yeah. might be quite fun in a friendly, for example. <laughs> but maybe not yeah. in a semi-final of a European Championship. But yeah, that's Wednesday night, mate. Uh, I can't wait. It's you know, if you can't get excited about this as an England fan, then um, you're going to be waiting a long time for someone to get excited about. Yeah, I think. Exactly, yeah. So uh, yeah, here's uh, yeah, hoping for a, another positive result, and you know, staying in the tournament one more game. Getting to a final, I mean, that would just be unbelievable. And yeah, I never thought I'd see it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I never have seen it, and uh, they don't come around very often at all for, no, for no. lots of teams, unless no. they're the absolute cream of the crop. And even them, like France, for example, have the uh, potential to to mess it up, don't they? So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that on Wednesday night. Um, any any final thoughts on Euros or Blades or? Anything no, I think like this is it now. The big week, one of the biggest weeks in the English football history. I was about that for like a talk sport quote. God damn, <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Um, plug living with Maidley mix. I've been really enjoying it. Your uh, your Euro yeah. specials. It's not like this. It's not like if anyone's not listening to it, we're not. We don't go over tactics much at all. In fact, but it's just more like the TV side of things, um, like the pundits and try any funny stuff basically. And some memories uh, should have a new one coming out tonight. But we were supposed to be releasing it yesterday, but I watched a match with Liam on Saturday, and uh, he got very drunk. Um, and as did I, and uh, yeah, um, didn't feel fit enough to record, so I'll probably do one tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I can I can listen to that in advance of the England game on Wednesday, which is uh, is great. And yeah, hopefully we will get through. We'll be uh, we'll do another podcast. Well, we'll have to see. Actually, I suppose if it, you know the final is on Saturday, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Is it Saturday? Sunday. 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 Sunday yes, yeah. this weekend. Anyway, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'm hoping to be too drunk to do what on Monday. So um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, like maybe maybe next Wednesday or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure something out. But in the meantime, come on, England, uh, and then I'll be. If they do get knocked out, I'll be very much switching my allegiance to Denmark. So, so yeah, I've, yeah, uh, yeah. I've in, I've enjoyed them a lot and. Would not begrudge them a victory in uh, yeah. in any respects, but yeah, the idea of seeing England in a final is is something that um, I just kind of written off as a life experience. Like I just never thought that would actually happen. So 
Let's see, mate. Let's see. Uh, yes, the podcast you mentioned there is, of course, Living with Maidley. Uh, yeah, do do check it out. I think it, it, it might be quite interesting to go back and listen to the previous ones now. Actually, the uh, you know your first I think two this, ones. Actually, yeah, I might. Yeah, I might have a listen back and listen to us like, oh, we're rubbish. We're boring. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? A bit like Goldbridge on that one, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep an ear to the ground with the Blades, obviously, and uh, any developments there of incomings and outgoings. And I'll be all about the games. signings. Once the Euros was finished, I'll be like, where's all the signings? <laughs> yeah, announce news. That's probably what will happen, to be fair. Um, yeah. Yeah, once... Uh, players are obviously back from holiday now, aren't they, in, uh, in pre-season training and stuff. It's got the... Great photos of uh, Ollie Burke writing his name and things like that. In, in yeah. crayon, it looked like in that photo. Absolutely that... stunning. Can't wait for more of that content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Right. Great stuff, mate. We'll leave it there. Come on, England. And uh, yep, yeah, thanks very much for your time. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, let's hope so. Next time we speak, we are European champions. I love the sound of that. Nice yeah. one, mate. Thanks a lot. That's all for this week, so big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles, also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. Plus, if you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you as well. As well as their new Sheffield store, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.